0: You are listening to the Potato Podcast, presented by Columbia Media Group. Today we're doing this a little bit differently. I am Brian Feast, I'm sitting here with Dave. We had the opportunity to go to the UI Ag Talks. These talks happen on the first and third Tuesdays throughout the growing season, and we're just going to give you a little sampling of some things you might hear at the meeting. So Dave, what did you what's your impression of the meeting we went to?
1: So I I got a lot out of the meeting and I I think uh, they're very valuable and I hope uh, that they will continue them throughout the season. You can go on to our uh, website and you'll find a schedule there and we'll put a link off of this uh, podcast on there as well for their schedule of the year. If they're anywhere near you, uh, I would try and try and attend at their it gives you an opportunity to speak one-on-one with University of Idaho Extension people, um, maybe county Extension people, depending on what county they're in. Uh, The one we went to was in Blackfoot, Idaho. These talks happen in eastern Idaho, so if you're in Washington State, you're probably not going to go there, but uh, we're hoping that this will give you, uh, this podcast today will give you an idea of what goes on there, and just because we're, in eastern Idaho and talking about eastern Idaho things, that doesn't mean they don't apply to your operation.
0: Right. And there was probably decades of, of expertise in that room. We had a we had an agronomist, we had various different specialists, pathologists. I mean it was a very full room of very intelligent people with lots of cool information. This episode is sponsored by Syngenta Elatus.
1: Protect the perimeter of your potato crop with Elatis fungicide from Syngenta. When applied in furrow at planting, Elatus controls rhizoctonia and suppresses verticillium wilt, giving your potatoes long-lasting protection during early development. Talk to your local Syngenta retailer about Elatus.
0: Always read and follow label instructions please check with your local extension service to ensure registration status. Syngenta supports a FIFRA-2EE recommendation for suppression of verticillium wilt on potatoes in certain states.
1: All right, well, let's talk about uh, who was there at this particular meeting that we attended last week.
0: Yeah, so uh, the main person that is kind of in charge of these is Kasha Dolman. She is an assistant professor and an extension seed potato specialist and she usually brings donuts and coffee and stuff and she's thoroughly knowledgeable. Um, We also had Pam Hutchinson who is an associate professor. These are all people at the University of Idaho. She's a potato cropping systems weed specialist. We had Juliet Marshall who's a cereals agronomist and pathologist. We had Reed Finley, extension educator with the crops and horticulture. And then from Corteva AgriScience, we had Britt Bean, who is a territory manager with with Corteva.
1: Yes, as you said earlier, there was uh, decades of experience and a lot of knowledge to be gained. So in our first clip today from uh, the Ag Talk, um, we're going to have Pam Hutchinson talking about three different types of planting techniques. She explains that in colder places, some growers prefer to hill later allowing seed pieces to be as close to the surface as possible keeping them warmer and and giving them a better start so why are they doing that that those hills later sure is is that because of the they have different equipment well
2: so um we're talking about like over in washington and some places where it's cold like even north of here they don't like to blind cultivate is what they call that they don't want to build that hill before they, before the potatoes come up. They want the sprouting seed piece to be in warm soil, or as warm as possible. And when you build a hill, which you have to do eventually, because you don't want um, your, your, your potatoes that are developing, you don't want those exposed to sunlight, you get greening and things like that. So you need to build that hill. So some growers, where it's really cold, they, they plant their potato seed. And then some go right back in, or a few weeks later, uh, and they do what's called drag off. So they level everything out. So anything that happened when they planted, any little hill that they made when they planted, level that all off. And then the seed pieces close to the surface, it's relatively warmer than when it's nine inches deep if they build a hill early. So so that, that's the timing. Uh, plant, drag everything off flat, let that seed piece, let everything emerge hill first, and then put the herbicides on. Because once they build the hill, and once they apply herbicides, they never want to go back in there again to harvest. So they don't want to break the herbicide barrier. So that's one scenario. The most common is plant and build that hill before potato emergence, put your herbicides on right away after that hilling, because everything, the weeds are all taken out by that hilling. And uh, a sprinkler incorporate that. That activates the herbicide. And then the potatoes come up after that.
3: So they you have, have to t- come from a lot deeper. They have to come from
2: a lot deeper. and uh, But the hills build. Everything's done by the time those potatoes come up. And they never go in there again uh, with any equipment because it's done. Unless they have weeds later. Then they use it. There's a couple herbicides that... That can be applied. But only two after the emergence that have activity on foliage weeds that are up, emerge, where it's like <clears throat> seven or eight that you put it on pre-emergence and they have soil activity, but you can't put them on post-emergence or else they'll injure the potatoes. So that's two scenarios. Plant, drag off, wait till the potatoes come up, hill, spray. That's the one scenario. Second scenario: plant, hill, spray. Potatoes come up, and you're done with uh, going in the field.
1: So the the in the first scenario, they they do. They have a shorter season. Now, obviously not if they're in Washington.
2: Right. They don't have shorter. It's just colder earlier. Okay. For a while.
0: So they're just basically trying to keep the potatoes as warm as possible, as close to the surface as possible Right, and, the it, and
2: I, I shouldn't say necessarily Washington because a lot of people, they do the second scenario. But there are people that that's the way they're set up. And, and they just
0: that's the they equipment go.
2: they have, and that's how they do it. Even over here it's colder because we're up in yeah. elevation. <clears throat> but uh, a lot of people go with pre-emergence herbicides now. Didn't used to be that way because there wasn't any pre emergence herbicides that really we had labeled on potatoes.
1: So you're not really suggesting one way or the other or recommending? Correct. You're Correct. just saying.
2: What do you do? Here's what you can do for herbicides. Okay. What scenario? Okay, this is my recommendation. Okay. So, uh, anyway, it's really interesting. Um, uh, if people have GPS equipment, they can heal the potatoes up before the potatoes come in, after they drag off. So plant, drag off, you got your GPS, you don't need to see the potato row. You can go out there and, you know, do the GPS and then you can heal the potatoes as late as possible, but before emergence. But people that don't have GPS, they got to wait till they can see the potatoes before they can build that hill. Because mm-hmm. they've leveled everything off.
1: So that third scenario, really.
2: It's nice, yeah. Where, where it's cold, you got that GPS.
1: So it's cold, you're able to keep your seed pieces up higher. As
2: long as possible, but still emer- uh, heal and still apply your herbicides before potato emergence.
1: So that sounds like maybe the best way to do it? Kind
2: of a both worlds. Okay. Um. You just have a lot more choices, um, pre-emergence herbicides, and that's not to say the post-emergence ones don't work, but there's less choices, especially, uh, and those would be matrix and metribuzin, and if if your potato is sensitive to metribuzin, then all you have is matrix that will kill weeds that are emerged. That's it.
1: Just one product.
2: Broadly. Grasses, you can use post plus or select. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I learned that this winter from growers I talked to in Washington, and that was a great experience. And
4: the knockdown method.
2: Yeah, where they drag off and mm-hmm. they wait till potato emergence.
4: So I'm a, a little intrigued by that because when you plant into cold, wet soil, it can it can cause problems for your stand if you're variety, or you know, doesn't respond very well to that cold, wet right. environment. Then right. they can be sitting for weeks right. before so they emerge, and under nine inches of cold, wet soil. If they hill early
2: before emergence, mm-hmm. so yeah, they drag off, level everything out, and then wait till the potatoes come up. No, hmm. so it, it's yeah. It, it affects a lot of things.
4: So later on at some other Ag Talk Tuesdays as we get through the summer, like mm-hmm. I think sometime in June maybe, we want to hear what kind of rescue people can do. Mm-hmm. What rescue? what kind of rescue treatments are there for herbicide options mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they if they're pre emergent failed or if they're having some other issues sure. maybe due to cold wet weather or some other right. unforeseen issues. So we'll come back to this. Yep. that's it's that's and like I said, the matrix metribuzin. just, you know, ahead of time.
2: There are Herbicides that are only soil active that you can apply post emergence and they're safe to the
4: potatoes, but they won't do anything
2: on the weeds that have emerged.
4: But there are weeds that can emerge all season long, right? There's hairy, like a hairy nightshade will go all season long. Yeah, it'll immer- it'll continue to emerge mm-hmm. at various times throughout the season.
3: And you just hit that matrix
5: then?
4: Yep, for uh, hairy. I'm sorry. Yes, for hairy nightshade, <coughs> any other
2: nightshades plus uh, a, a lot of weeds, grasses too. So, and your Corteva guys can...
3: Yeah, Matrix
0: is one of our products. Yeah, Yeah, now it is, so... (laughs) But I would say that most of the rescue treatments, the outcome is never as good as the guy or gal who planned ahead and got things to work right in the first place. Right. Measure twice, cut once, I think, is the same that construction folks use, and I
3: think some residual herbicides, we need to do that, too. Yes,
2: that's soil active. Yeah. So... Yes, not a lot of options before 2005 or so, and then a lot of the uh, newer pre-emergence herbicides were developed right about then and were labeled. And a lot of people just went matrix, metributes, and they, that's all they could depend on that would get emerged weeds. So, interesting times change. People had to change their equipment, and some haven't yet. So,
0: For this next clip, we're going to hear from Juliet Marshall, She's going to be talking about crop rotations and why they are important. And she just kind of gets into some other aspects of of types of rotations that people use throughout the state of Idaho. Uh, You'll hear Kasha and Reed here jump in to kind of explain why that's a lot easier said than done. They get into some of the financial aspects of it. They get into some of the just uh, logistics of it. It involves chemicals.
1: Yeah, this is some good information on crop rotation. Here it comes. Do pretty much all eastern Idaho growers do barley or wheat in their rotations? Yeah. Do you know of anybody that doesn't do that?
5: Yeah. People have corn. There are people that have uh, barley, 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 and wheat, 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 and uh, higher elevation areas don't have a lot of option to grow other types of crops, Um, but in the higher elevations around Ashton, of course, you have your seed potato stuff, and then um, there are some areas that do cover crops, and Austrian peas, or winter peas, and alfalfa, Um, but... Pretty much anybody growing potatoes or sugar beets, there's grain in the rotation as well.
2: So out here in southeast, eastern Idaho, it'd be
5: potatoes, sugar beets, and then a small grain, like wheat? Mm, That depends. If you're down towards um, south of here, yes. yes. If you're north of here, it's wheat, potatoes, wheat, potatoes, wheat, potatoes, or potatoes, wheat, wheat.
2: Right, because uh, they don't have sugar beets. But if they have sugar beets in a rotation, which there's about two hundred fifty thousand acres of sugar beets, I think, in Idaho.
1: So if they've got a processor close enough. Early, yeah, yeah.
2: So just yeah, it depends. But like Juliet said, you go up in elevation, they don't grow sugar beets there. Uh, we like to see potatoes on a three or four year rotation because of disease issues. Um, but where they don't, you know, have a, a lot of crops that they grow in rotation, then some go, like Juliet said, wheat potato, wheat potato. Yeah, you
1: it's like to very see ri- all potatoes or just seed potatoes? Oh all potatoes. potatoes.
4: All potatoes. And it's very risky to have that type of a rotation with potato. Like it's, wheat potato, wheat potato. Yeah, I was in it would be much better to extend that rotation. So finding alternatives, finding other rotational crops that could be used in the area, that would be really helpful.
1: So three years.
4: I would say at
1: least. At least three years. I'd I
2: would like to a,
4: see four. Yeah. I
5: was in a field yesterday four up years. at Sugar City that was wheat potatoes, wheat potatoes, wheat <laughs> potatoes, and they were having issues with Rhizoctonia mm-hmm. yeah, yep. in, in their potatoes. And so we were doing soil sampling for Rhizoctonia species that we're doing uh, pretty much statewide. And We sent the material off yesterday to James to do diagnostics, molecular diagnostics on the types of Rhizoctonia that are present in that soil and also to try to gauge the impact that that may or may not have on the wheat rotation. Usually the Rhizoct and potatoes aren't strong pathogens in wheat and barley, Uh, but uh, we're finding some interesting pathogens on the western side of the state that are strong pathogens on corn that are severely affecting some of the wheat as well. So,
3: But getting a new crop into the rotation isn't just whether or not we can grow it or not. Exactly. And even whether or not we can just sell it or not. Mm-hmm. It's also, um, it's all, it's got to be a complete package. You can't have herbicides that are affecting your garbanzo beans or whatever else you're doing with your crop that now is going to be a residual and cause a problem with those spuds, yep. which is your main money maker crop. So... The whole... It's
4: not that simple, exactly. And right. sometimes, you know, the, what you have in the rotation, the order matters. Right. There's an optimal order, what f- crop follows what.
3: Some of the herbicides may last longer than the six months or well, so.
4: Well, just aside from the herbicide issue, you right. have just the soil, pro, um, the nutrient issues and okay. other issues related to different crops following mm-hmm. other crops. So it isn't... It isn't so, so it isn't a simple solution. Just adding another crop to generate a longer rotation. There's a lot of things involved. Right. So example would be,
2: if you plant potatoes and apply uh, matrix and/or you
4: cannot plant sugar beets the next year. Well, I don't. I just, you know. That's sugar, the label. So the acreage of sugar beets, I thought here, like especially around Aberdeen where our trials are, I thought those acres have gone down over the past. It just depends on the. It's a farmer-owned
2: cooperative. Okay. Uh amalgamated sugar. So then those guys would have to go back
3: into wheat or barley the next yep. year.
2: So that's yeah. That's uh or not use matrix or entropies So there's a lot of <laughs> complicated
1: stuff. Yeah. So really someone Yeah, I'm sure so you got disease so issues, issues, you
2: got too. herbicide issues. And sometimes a herbicide herbic- for wheat you can't follow potatoes. So it's versa. A lot of guys would
3: like to grow a cover crop after their sugar beets or spuds come out and graze it in the fall. But uh, we as extension educators, we thought, well, that'd be great. Yeah, there's a little bit of time there. But we didn't think too much about the weed control and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that would affect them the next spring coming back in. So even the cover crops, we pulled back a little bit saying, we need to know a lot more about the specific, each system has to be developed. That, that's a good
4: way of putting it. It is a systems approach. Right, system. So we so we talk about crop rotation as easy for me as the potato one of the potato specialists to talk about it. But you know, if there's no if we're not offering a concrete plan or solution, I feel like it's not really we're not really getting anywhere. <laughs> and that's why it's great to have a, a lot
2: of the potato people and uh, small grain people in all the disciplines and then the county educators because then we can try to work that system out.
4: This is like a long. This is long-term type. Um, this is not a quick answer, and that's what people want usually.
1: So that's it. That's all we have today for you. Um, we did have a, a good time at Egg Talk Tuesdays. I would encourage you to, to attend one if it's in your area. If not, listen up for uh, some future podcasts. Um, this is probably a good time to um, promote a little bit on our side. If you want to get informed of upcoming podcasts, um, please subscribe to our newsletter, which is the Potato Country Focus. You can do that at potatocountry.com newsletter. Thanks for listening.
0: views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only, and only those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests. We do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of Columbia Media Group or its affiliates.